I am Marlon Jones, the Career Skills Architect, and this is View from the Big Chair Podcast, Examining the Cost to Be the Boss. The purpose of this podcast is to share information with students in sports administration programs and with young professionals and those who are underemployed in sports administration. We talk with guests who sit in the big chair, those persons who are directors of athletics, who are head coaches, commissioners, or directors of different areas within athletic administration. We learn from their journey, and we also learn what skill sets they look for when they are hiring for positions so that you know how to prepare so that you can get to your own big chair. On this episode of View from the Big Chair, we have as our guest, Attorney Merlene Aiken-Smith. She is the Assistant Vice President and Chief Compliance Officer at Grambling State University. Welcome, Merlene. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you so much. Merlene, tell our listeners a little about your sports administration journey and how you got to your current position as Chief Compliance Officer for a university. All right, so I have a legal background. I've worked in athletic compliance for a number of years, um, for over 20 years. I've worked at um, Michigan State, Washington, Kansas, um, North Carolina A&T, Winston-Salem. And it was Winston-Salem where I first experienced my athletic administration. When I say that, I say that to say it was outside of compliance, right? Um, Not only did I have compliance responsibilities, but I also had an opportunity to supervise sports, being a sport administrator, and then also um, having oversight of our academics within athletics. So it was there that I had an opportunity to expand outside of compliance. And from that moment forward, um, any compliance role in which um, I served at the institutions moving forward from North Carolina A&T to Clayton State to even Grambling, um, I had the responsibility of serving either at the SWA with some sports oversight. And and of course, that included a lot of various areas um, with Title IX, dealing with Title IX, um, marketing, student leadership, um, SAC, um, community engagement. And tell our listeners what an SWA is and what the SAC is. Okay. The SWA is the senior woman administrator. She is the senior most woman in the athletic department. Um, Typically, this position takes on um, management opportunities, leadership opportunities. Essentially, they're saying they have a seat at at the table in which to help and assist the athletic director um, in running the athletic department. Um, They also have responsibilities with dealing with budgets, right? Budget management 
for various programs. Um, they assist with strategic planning for the athletic department. Um, they also play a huge part in ensuring Title IX compliance um, from a gender equity standpoint, and also from um, a Title IX when it deals with sexual assault, um, power-based violence, um, things of that nature. So the SWA has a critical role in making sure that the athletic department is stable and sound um, as it move forward and creating a, an exceptional experience for our students. Now, you mentioned sport administration experience. Describe for the young professionals who are just starting in athletic administration what it is you do as a sport administrator. As a sport administrator, my philosophy is that in general, for me, I'm here to serve you, right? I'm here to be your support. Um, I'm here to help guide you and assist you in the direction of your program. Um, I'm here to advocate on your behalf um, as, as a senior administrator. I have conversations with the athletic director. We talk about budgets. We talk about the needs of our student athletes within specific programs. We talk about academic needs, budgetary needs, travel needs. Um, do we need to add an assistant coach, a grad assistant? I am there at the table to serve as a voice to support that particular sport as they continue to try to enhance the experience of the student athletes and also win games. Let's not forget that. Um, because of course, you know, we have to have the necessary resources in place so that we can be competitive. So it's my partnership with the head coach and their assistants to figure out a way, how can we be successful on the field, on the court, in the classroom, and in the community. I am their partner. Yeah, that's something that's so important for these young professionals to understand that when you're working in athletic administration, you have to work with so many different areas, not just in the athletic department, but within the university. Absolutely. So Absolutely. what skill sets are needed to be successful in compliance? That's a great question because not everyone can work in compliance. <laughs> but everybody thinks they can. Everyone thinks they can, right? So one of the, one of the most important pieces um, that I feel is critical as a, a solid compliance person is to be a good listener. Be a good listener. Right. Also, having the capability to be solution oriented, processing, processing. Also, detail oriented. You have to be detail oriented. You have to bring the matter 365 complete circle. Close the situation. I also believe that you have to be fair but you have to be firm. There is a way to communicate with your coaches, your staff members, and your support, your 
even on campus where you're explaining what the rule is and they understand what you're trying to do. So it's a special gift of explanation and explaining the NCAA conference or institutional rules where there's buy-in, right? right? So I think communication is critical. It's very critical as you want to make sure that people make good decisions as they move about your campus. Now, you're right now the chief compliance officer for the entire university. What additional <laughs> duties come with that role that you didn't have when you were just doing compliance for athletics? So right now, which is really interesting, and I have oversight of this specific area, which is safety and risk management. Uh, when I talk about safety and risk management, I don't think people think about the biochemical, the hazardous waste, the environmental piece of safety and risk management. So we always think about when we think, talk about risk, risk analysis, you know, is that going to impact us based on harm, good, you know, an effect, but it's the biochemical that I had to learn about is the, how do we put away a Bunsen burner, right? Mm. How do we label all our different chemicals within a, a specific area? We have to lock down this specific space or even if we have mold, what does that look like? So some of those different things I am constantly learning from my safety and risk management team as they teach me um, all these different wonderful things. And it's interesting because it's all scientific. Um, and so I sit down with them and I, I spend a lot of time with them and learning, you know, what this is all about. And, uh, and I'm always up to a learning challenge and the application of compliance it goes along with that because they have rules and regulation, OSHA, for example. We have state guidelines that we have to comply with when we get audited for findings. It's all about compliance and ex executing rules and regulations, having the necessary monitoring components available, post them, and then have enforcement measures, right? They're all the same. We do, we do that in athletics. We can do that in risk management. We can do that in safety and risk management. We do that with the police department. So there's a lot of different spaces that I have been working in and dealing with insurance, making sure that um, all the buildings on campus in which we operate are insured because if they're not properly insured, um, when we file our claims, there's a, we may not be able to recruit our monies. So there's so much um, that I'm learning and I have to learn fast <laughs> um, that my team is, is helping me with, um, although I don't have to necessarily have my hands in the cookie jar, but I want to understand and know my team and what they do. 
So it's been exciting. It's new. Um, but I have to, I'm, you know, I, I stay busy. I stay busy. <laughs> <laughs> now, looking at Title IX, what role does Title IX play in the overall university administration? It's a critical role at our institution because we always want to make sure that we provide our students with a safe learning environment and also our faculty and staff with a safe working place. Um, So it's critical that my Office of Civil Rights and EEOC um, conduct educational sessions with our students, our special groups on campus, um, our faculty and staff, let them know what is appropriate, what is not appropriate. If you see something, say something. Um, if anyone make you feel uncomfortable, let's talk about it. Let's figure out a way that we can work in this holistic environment where we can be creative and not it not a hostile place. Um, so I'm always working with my Office for Civil Rights and EEOC and say, how can, what can we do creative where we can educate and inform our constituents around campus that this is not okay, this is appropriate, this is not appropriate, so they know. Yeah. Now, in addition to being an administrator, you're also a wife and a mother. How do you manage all of those roles with your career as well? Wow. So after I leave you, of course, I'm going to run home. Well, run to the school because my son is in private school. My four-year-old at that, he is in private school and I got to pick him up. Um, I value my time with my kids and my family and my husband. Um, I had to learn to not take work home every day. Now, of course, there are times where I have to finish up on something. I have to get something turned out. Um, I need that, you know, hour or two to finish through. Um, but it's a it's a time where I have to turn it off. And my husband has told me once we got married, he was like, you're gonna have to turn it off sometime. And um, and I do, I try, I try to, I try to. Um, I really, really do. I hope you believe me. Oh, <laughs> I, I know you try. I'm a bomb and I try. For our young professionals that want to get to that seat where they are the chief compliance officer, what sacrifices do you think they need to be prepared to make to get there? Be humble, right? You know, be humble. Be willing to learn. Um, I will say that... I'm a late bloomer when it comes to um, having kids and getting married. One of the things me personally, I wanted to achieve was after I left law school, I wanted to move about the country and get as much experience and compliance as I can, right? I wanted to go to different institutions at various levels to get as much information about compliance so I can be the best compliance officer in the country, right? That was my goal. My goal was I do not want to have a family, and I'm just being very transparent and honest, 
I did not want to have a family with me where I had to think twice whether or not I needed to take this next position um, in athletics. As you know, at times, in order to move up, move up quickly, you had to be ready to relocate. Um, and so with that being said, I had opportunities at various institutions. That's why I, I, I clearly shared with you that I was at Kansas, I was at Washington, I was at Michigan State, because it gave me the flexibility to move around. And that was one of the sacrifices I consciously made when I entered athletics that I knew I had to move around in order to move up. Um, so family, starting my family came a little bit later for me. And that was one of my sacrifices. But it's real because I know it happens quite a bit with a lot of individuals working in athletics, hence coaches. Coaches move around frequently, almost, it could be every year, depending on the program, to move ahead and move up because opportunities come. And sometimes those opportunities are available where you just have to pick up and go because they may not, you don't know when they're going to come around again. That's so true. That's so true. Now it's overtime. Overtime! What is the book that you would recommend all of our aspiring athletic directors and college commissioners read? I've been work I've been a member of the NCAA leadership um, institute and one of the books that was shared with me was the flexibility is the key to stability, right? Um, and it's it's really important for me that as a compliance officer that we're constantly flexible. Um, as we all know, rules change constantly within the NCAA, within the state, federal guidelines, even institution. So in reading the book, it was really important that it was so relatable for me and my profession. So it's, it's really critical that we understand flexibility. Cool. Now, what has been your best day as a compliance officer? When I was first asked to serve as the assistant VP and chief compliance officer for the institution, it was with pride, right? Because um, not only did I get an opportunity to expand my skills to exercise those skill sets throughout the institution from only using those skill sets in athletics. So it was a, a moment of, Merlene, I know you can do this, right? You have the skill set to expand across the university. So on that day, when asked to take on that responsibility, I was like, okay, they have trust in me. So that was a huge that's day great. for me. That's a, that's that a, a good day. day. Now, yes. That's Conversely, <laughs> what's been your worst day? Thus far... Since I've been in this role, it has okay. not been a bad day yet. Um, I will tell you this. 
This is a newly created position at the institution, right? Um, the responsibilities that I have has been stretched across different departments. Um, and now it's an opportunity for us to focus, to focus this position of compliance over the various areas um, throughout the institution. How can I help and minimize any findings, um, violations, or sanctions? Um, so thus far, although you know, getting on board institutional instituting um, different strategies and monitoring systems, policies, and all such, I haven't had a bad day yet because I enjoy challenges. So okay. not yet. <laughs> what is your go-to inspirational quote? Um, I always say for me, for me, and, and this is probably something for me, I always say, stop, Merlene, listen, and breathe. Okay. Gotcha. For me, stop, listen, and breathe. Because things come at us so rapidly in this position, or even when we work in athletics. And I constantly tell myself, and also individuals I work with that stop, listen, and breathe. All right. And what is a motivational movie <laughs> that you suggest young professionals watch? So for me, as we um, oftentimes want to mentor our young students, student athletes, um, I always say, you know, you need to watch Coach Carter, right? That movie. So one of the pivotal moments was when he benched a young person because they weren't fulfilling their academic obligations. So we always stress to our students that they're students first. Yes, athletics was a vehicle for you to get to the position that you're in today, but remember, you're here to get your degree, right? So if you don't perform in the classroom, you will be benched. It's yes, real. it is. <laughs> well, we thank you so much uh, for taking time to be on the podcast. Let our listeners know how they can connect with you. Are you on social media? Yes, I am. On, um, I want to say... Instagram is Merlene Aiken. Um, you can look me up that way. Um, same um, Merlene Aiken for Facebook. I am also on Twitter as Merlene Aiken as well. So I'm easy and that's A I T K E N. Okay. Absolutely. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. This was wonderful. I wish I could give you more. We have to do this again. Um, I love sharing my story and sharing my path with young folks or whoever's interested in athletics or even higher education. So thank you for this opportunity. All right. Take care. Thank you for listening to our podcast. I hope that the notes you took from our guests will help you as you plan and build your career. Please remember to rate, 
review, and subscribe to our podcast. View from the big chair, examining the cost to be the boss. I'm your host, Marlon Jones, and I thank you again for listening.